0: to our best albums of the 80s bracket, March Madness style album, Absurdity. We are joined, of course, by Aaron Kack How are you, Aaron?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Doing well. We are nearing the end of round one here. We have our final set of matchups, 16 competitors in the late 80s club edition. Uh, let's get started. You can, of course, cast your votes on our Twitter page at AndyHearsIt. You can see the full list of competitors on our uh, blog at acton.wordpress.com, actn.wordpress.com. And tell all your friends to vote as well. So listen to our opinions here and then cast yours. First matchup is the number one seed. Against the number sixteen seed, we have Surfer Rosa from the Pixies, released March twenty first, nineteen eighty eight, went gold in the US, gold in the UK, up against number sixteen. Game Theory's Real Night Time, released in 1985, no chart performance. Uh, this is, for me, Surfer Rosa, again, one of those original seven from episode one. Uh, so one I have much fondness for for a long time, up against Game Theory, who got their own episode in season two uh, and became one of my favorite albums from the season. So this is an old versus new for me, but which mm. one are you leaning towards, Aaron?
1: I'm leaning Pixies on this one just for just for history's sake. I think the Pixies yeah. are, are, if nothing else, just a much more influential and iconic band, and this is a great album, so I'll go with the Pixies.
0: I think so, too. It was, you know, it's, like I said, one that I have a lot of fondness for for a long time. I... Uh, when I saw them in 2005, they were awarded their gold record for this album finally, so mm-hmm. that was always fun—a uh, fun memory. And while I think Game Theory is really great, yeah, I think there's just too much history with myself and music in general to uh, to not have Surfer Rosa advance. So I think also, you've got was... all of the
1: Smiths fans like outside your door with flaming pitchforks already. You don't want to add the Pixies fans
0: <laughs> to that too. No, they, they don't have the energy to come all the way down here. Right <laughs> But yes, to make up for any alternative slights, uh, I'll advance Surfer Rosa easily. All right, All right. we're done. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night. Tune in next week. All right. Uh, episode, or The next matchup, we have our eight and nine seeds going up against each other. We have Grace Jones at number eight, Slave to the Rhythm. October 28th, 1985, peaked at number 73 on the U.S. album charts, up against X see how we are from 1987 peaked at 107 on the US album charts. So this is this was my choice in the Grace Jones episode of season two for my favorite album up against your favorite episode uh, for or episode your favorite album from the X episode. Uh, so which one do you think? Uh, advances.
1: Still going with Grace Jones. Uh, even though it's my favorite X album, I think Grace Jones just in general is better than X. I have more fun listening to her. And this actually was an album that I wasn't a huge fan of, as far as uh, as far as Grace Jones's just overall discography goes. I think mm-hmm. there are several albums of hers that are better than this one. However, just Grace Jones in general, I'm going to pick.
0: Yeah. I think it's a lot of fun still. It's an interesting album because it is, you know, that deconstruction of one kind of theme and song over and over, but I think it's still a fun listen, whereas the X has a lot of great songs on it, but it's also, it feels like the end for a little bit for them, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, Chris Jones, all the way. All right, next up. We have our matchup between the 5 and 12 seeds. Number 5's Ministry, Mine's a Terrible Thing to Taste, released November 14, 1989. Gold in the U.S., peaking at number 163 on the album charts, up against Sonic Youth's Daydream Nation, released October 18th, 1988, peaked at number 99 on the U.K. album charts. Ministry was in our metal episode, Sonic Youth, one of the original seven albums for me. Uh, so I'm leaning Daydream Nation, what do you think? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh you know what i think about sonic I youth <laughs> so i i'm i'm going with ministry on this one but i'm also not a huge fan of the ministry album so if you want if you want to advance sonic youth i'm I'm happy to add a third chip here
0: oh i don't know if it should count as a chip but i think Sonic. Youth oh is no still, this uh... this
1: this might count as two chips Uh-oh. uh uh, no, to... like, I, again, like, Sonic Youth is, like, I have I have strong anti-Sonic Youth opinions. Having said that, it is a, a much more influential and iconic album, despite the lower uh, album sales, uh, and I'm not a big fan of the Ministry album either, so.
0: Did you listen to Daydream Nation again between uh, the first no. time and now? No, no. <laughs> well
1: no life is life is fleeting andy
0: (laughs) i think i'm gonna well not wasting my
1: time Uh, with fake angst anymore
0: (laughs) i think well look i'm advancing it (laughs) i think it's much better you can put whatever (laughs) chips you want i think between now and round two i think you should listen to it again at least once
1: okay all right done
0: because i do think it's it's a very strong album uh, but we can talk about that later
1: I mean, it's a pandemic. Uh, I might as well. I got nothing better to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Next matchup we have. The number four seed, Ice-T's Rhyme Pays, July 28th, 1987, gold in the U.S., peaking at number 93 on the U.S. album charts, up against Minor Threat's Complete Discography, released in uh, December of 89, no chart performance. Uh, but these are uh, listening, or listeners sent in the Rhyme Pays a uh, suggestion to us and minor threat was in the hardcore punk episode season one. Hmm. Uh which way do you lean here?
1: I'm gonna lean Ice T on this one. Uh Minor Threat was good, uh, but honestly like I'll go back to Ice T before I go back to Minor Threat.
0: I think that's fair. I think uh yeah there's a lot uh, again it's a there's a lot of influential uh elements to the Ice T album. I think that first uh track on there as well as uh six in the morning I think are really great. Uh, there's a couple stinkers on there, I think, so I don't know if it's going to take the whole division necessarily, but I think also Minor Threat, you know, it's cool the way you get to hear over the course of their discography the band evolve, but at the mm-hmm. same time, uh, you know, it's really like from the second half on that it starts to really sound, you know, even good, I might say. Coherent, I think it's, yeah. it's a, little, a little too rough early on for me, so I think, uh, yeah, Ice-T can advance over Minor Threat. Yeah. All right, up next we have our number six seed. Up against number 11, at six, we have XTC's Skylarking, October 27, 1986, peaked at number 70 on the U.S. album charts. And number 11, The Falls, This Nation's Saving Grace, which was released in September 23rd of 1985, peaking at number 54 on the U.K. album charts. Also, uh, Battle of the Brits here.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, I can can make this one real easy. If you put The Fall up against Daydream Nation, I'm going with Daydream Nation. So I'm (laughs) definitely going with Skylarkin on this one.
0: All right, let me just rearrange the bracket a little bit. (laughs) Uh, I think, yeah, I think Skylarking as well. I I like The Fall. Skylarking was uh,
1: great. Like, that's just a fun album.
0: Skylarking start to finish is really fantastic. Yeah. So that's a pretty easy advance for me. No slight to the fall, which I also just finished reading, uh, the Dave Simpson's book, the fall in where he tracks down all of the former members of the fall, uh, which is really great. If you're at all interested <laughs> in the fall, that book is how many is... volumes is that book? Well, it's funny because I have the, the paperback, which even on the front has a thing saying, this is the updated edition since the hardcover came out, more members have left the band. And so I've yep. tracked them down as well between the next edition. <laughs> so it's, it's a great book. All right. Up next in the late 80s club edition, we have our number three seed, R.E.M.'s Life's Rich Pageant, released July 28th, 1986. Gold in the U.S., silver in the U.K., up against Africa Bambaataa's Planet Rock, the album, December 1st, 1986. No chart performance there. Mm. Uh, you know, it's probably no surprise considering we have an entire bracket dedicated to REM that I am leaning life search pageant on this one.
1: Yeah. African Babata's album was really good and I was I was pleasantly surprised by how much I liked it. Having said that, uh what I said about Murmur a couple of episodes ago, that that to me is R.E.M. in utero, and they haven't really gelled as a band yet, and they would be better later. Well, this is later, and they have gelled as a band, and I really like this album, so I'm going with R.E.M. too.
0: Yeah, and, and Planet Rock, the album, is kind of the same thing as Minor Threat's Complete Discography, where these are this is a collection of songs that, over the course of four or five years, so it is actually cool to listen and hear that evolution of their sound as well, and there's a lot of influential uh, elements uh, to that as well for the for the hip hop uh, growth of sounds. But yeah, I think as an album, start to finish, Lexard Pageant is uh, is better. It's one of my favorite REM albums. Period. Yeah. Okay. Coming up next, we have our number seven seed. Shaka Khan's Destiny, released in June fourteenth, nineteen eighty-six, peaking at number seventy two on the US album chart. Up against replacements, please to meet me. Ten seed released April twenty-seventh, nineteen eighty-seven, peaking at one thirty-one on the US album charts. Uh so this these are both of your picks. Shaka Khan's your favorite Shaka Khan album from that episode and your favorite replacements uh, album from that episode. So I'll give you the first uh Ooh, first word.
1: Tough call. Um I'm going to go with replacements on this one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I think, um, I think I'll go with replacements on this one. They're, they're both really good.
0: Yeah. I love Please to meet me. I think I love Shaka Khan, but destiny is not my favorite album of hers by quite a stretch. So I think, uh, but Please to meet me, I think is fantastic start to finish. And they actually just, uh, at the end of 2020 released a, uh, a special edition of that too which is really great and has uh, a lot of demos from that area or from that era it has some of the final uh, studio sessions with Bob Stinson before he got kicked out of the band So pretty fascinating mm-hmm. uh, stuff to listen to but even without all that just those <laughs> those 10 or 11 tracks I think start to finish are really great so so pleased to meet me advances over destiny yep All right, our final matchup of the late 80s club bracket. We have our number two seed, Tom Waits' Rain Dogs, released September 30th, 1985. Gold in the US, gold in the UK, against Dinosaur Jr.'s You're Living All Over Me, released December 14th, 1987. No chart performance. Dinosaur Jr., I, of course, slighted in our alternative uh, yeah. episode by not including an album of theirs when I regretted afterwards that I should have. So I'm putting it in here now. And Tom Waits from our 1985 episode. Uh have you listened to You're Living All Over Me now?
1: Uh Yes. Uh it was <laughs> Good, <that's fine. laughs> uh and it's it's fine, but um and, and it's kinda difficult to compare anything at all to Tom Waits just because <laughs> yeah, he is just true. so unique, uh especially relative to the other sixty three albums here, but the uniqueness is a point in his favor, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Tom Waits nonetheless.
0: I think that's fair I I like this Dinosaur Jr. album a lot I wanted to get him on here to to make up for Putting Jane's Addiction in the episode over them Which I I like this album a lot more than Jane's Addiction Uh, And I think Jay Mask's guitar is really cool and really fun Uh, It's a great just loud Album Mm. Uh, But I think yeah Tom Waits is a very Unique sound that it's remarkable That it's a gold record in two countries To some some degree Yeah right but he it, it does a great job balancing, like you know, the junkyard orchestra he assembles with also making uh, some really great ballads on this one too, that are like mm-hmm. just really moving songs. So yeah, I think I think I'm good with Rain Dogs advancing.
1: Yeah, I'm hardly and any that, disagreement at all. That was good.
0: Uh, I know. Nice and easy. Late '80s Club Edition, Round One in the books. Round One is complete for all divisions. So starting the next episode will be in Round Two. We will go through all of the early 80s conference and decide the round two winners there you can of course cast all your votes on the Twitter page at AndyHearsIt tell your friends to listen, tell your friends to vote spread the word and pick your favorites, we'll see how different these brackets turn up Uh, but until next time, thank you Aaron for joining me for round one Thank you, and uh, we will see you soon until then, of course it's never too late to listen to great music that's new to you See you next time.